Good morning. Wow. Whose birthday is it? No, it's not mine. Sorry. It's great to be here. So great to see you guys. Um, Man, let's give it up for Brandon. Seriously. I'm going to be out of a job real soon. Real soon. Beautiful voice, huh? Anyway, let's start off our morning morning in the right foot. I want to ask you a question and expect a response, hopefully. Let's see. Praying. Who in this room loves going to Disney World? Raise your hand. All right. Now, if you just scream just because I said thank you, God bless you. But if you lied, that's messed up. We're in church. Cut that out, you know. But anyway, Disney World, man, isn't it such a magical place? You know, it's amazing. When you walk into Disney World, your money just magically disappears. It's like, where did it go? You know, like, man, I've been saving for all this. It's crazy. But honestly, I love Disney World. Uh, Evelyn, my wife, and I, we, uh, we're like Disney fanatics. We like going to the park. We're in the little Mickey ears. You know, yes, it's true. But, you know, I just love it. I love it. It's a great experience. And I remember about a year ago, we were driving back. Or let's say I was driving back. Let's just clear that up right now. I was driving back, and um, I had Evelyn in the car, and in the back seat was my mom. And we were driving back to make it to Sunday on church, to church. And uh, I remember driving, and um, something happens to Evelyn when we go on long road trips, okay? I don't know how to explain it, you know, but basically she starts falling asleep. That's a given. Anybody who's not driving back from Disney is sleeping. That's just the way it is. But there's something that happens. She starts mumbling these random things. And I'm just like, you know, like it's just really weird. Anyway, give you an example. I was driving that day. That night, it was late at night, driving, minding my own business. She's knocked out, and then she wakes up. She's like, sweetie. I don't know why she sounds like a smoker, but she's, you know. She's like, sweet, sweetie. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sweetie. Yeah, I'm driving. Yeah. She's like, are you, are you, are you okay? Like, uh, yeah, sweetie. Yeah, I'm fine. Are you okay? She's like, yeah. All right, that's good. And she's like, do you want some water? No, no, I'm good, you know, sweetie, just, just relax, go to sleep, I've got this, don't worry about it, I'll drive home, you know, all right, all right, okay, she goes to sleep, 15 minutes later, guess what happens, she wakes up, sweetie, 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 I'm like, yeah, 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 it's like, are you okay, I'm like, yes, I, I'm fine, nothing's changed, it's only been 15 minutes, you know, he's like, oh, okay, okay, do, do you want some water, I'm like, Nope, no, I'm not, not thirsty. You know, I'm trying to make it home. I don't want to pit stop. You know, I don't want to go to the bathroom. Water, road trips, no good. Go to sleep. Like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Goes to sleep. Of course, she wakes up again. And I go, listen, I'm okay. And no, I don't want any water. Just relax and go to sleep. Said, oh, okay, okay. Love you. I love you too. Okay. Knocked out. She goes to sleep finally for like, you know, I think she was out for about an hour, you know. And I start driving and I start seeing some lights. Up ahead, but like they're really bright lights, but I can't tell what it is. I don't know if it's construction or somebody got a flat tire. I'm not really sure, but I'm like, ah, just minding my own business, listen to the radio. And I start seeing Evelyn start moving. I'm thinking, oh boy, here we go. She's waking up again, you know? And she's waking up, and this time, instead of what normally would have happened, she wakes up and she goes, whoa, 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 whoa stop the car. Oh my goodness, we're gonna die. I'm like, ah, my mom's in the background. Oh my. She starts praying in Spanish. Dios mío, por favor, ayúdame. Frena, frena. Oh, put the brakes. You know, it's crazy. I start losing control of the car. I almost hit an armadillo on the side of the road. I get back on the street and I'm just like, what happened? What happened? What's going on? When she goes, oh, never mind. And she goes back to sleep. 
I'm like, woman, what did you, you can't do that to me. Like, there's other ways you could give me a heart attack. Why'd you got to do it that way, you know? Like, oh, man. She's like, no, sorry, sweetie. I, I didn't have my glasses on. It, I, my, I, I didn't see straight. I thought there was a car coming. I'm like, you, you go to sleep. And I said, of course, what happens? She's like, by the way, do, do you want some water? I'm like, no, I don't want any water. Just go to sleep, please, please. She goes to sleep, finally, you know, and. We make it home that day. But, you know, it's just so funny, you know. It's funny that when something distorts our vision, you know, it could, it could make us believe that there's something there that really isn't. You know, it happens to us all the time. Think about it. You know, you're, you might be sleeping in bed and you have a window right by your bed or something and you see like a shadow pass by. You're like, we got to call the cops. Excuse me. So, uh, there's, there's somebody trying to break into our house. I don't know who it is. I can't tell who it is. I'm scared. Oh, please come. Please come. They get there and they're like, um, excuse me. Um, dude, it's just a branch, you know, like Relax. You know, but it's just, it, we didn't know. We couldn't see it straight, right? Or has this ever happened to you? You're in the mall and you see somebody that looks just like a friend of yours. I mean, just. I mean, I'm talking about exactly the same. Like, you know, they didn't know they had an actual twin brother. You walk up to them, hey, man, what's going on? They're like, whoa, you're not that guy. Hey, I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, you know, and like, it's because our vision is distorted. And when that happens, we start falling for these little tricks. But see, what if I told you today that inside each and every one of us, there's something that not only has the power to distort how we see things in our vision, but it also has the power to distort our own hearts. You see, there's something that we all do in this room. And we've all done at one point or another, where you want to, whether you want to admit it or not. Something that has the power to ruin every relationship in your life in a heartbeat. It has the power to make us do things that we would never, ever do. It has the power to make us go against what we believe. And ultimately, it has the power to draw us away from God, so far away from God, that we start asking ourselves, you know what, how did this happen? How did I get here? So what is it? What's inside? What is it? It's envy. Envy. The problem of envy. You know what the problem of envy is? Envy distorts our reality. Envy makes something look so good, and it's not true. And you see, envy has consequences. You see, I looked at the dictionary and I had the definition for you. Envy is a feeling of discontent or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions or somebody else's qualities. That's about right. But here's what the Bible, here's how the Bible defines envy. It's in your notes. Proverbs 14 says this. A sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. It's serious. See, we've all had that neighbor, that neighbor with the extra green grass. You're like, how does he get that grass so green? Well, look at my grass. My grass is horrible. Look at that. There's like, you know, there's like, like, there's like deers frolicking in his lawn because it's so beautiful. It looks like a meadow in the middle of Ireland. And this, like, how is, I know, this looks like a Hialeah lawn. That looks like something else, you know? Like, how does this work? What does he do? And I ask him, hey, man, so, uh, hey, bro, hey, how you doing, bro? Yeah. Hey, man, your, your lawn looks pretty good, you know? There's a little yellow spot right there, by the way, but, you know. How do you do? Oh, I put fertilizer. What do you do? You go to Home Depot, buy 55 pounds of fertilizer. You start putting it all over the place, and you just burn your grass anyway, you know. And all of a sudden, you see them. Oh, you're like, honey, did, did, did they paint their house? Oh, no way. I, we got to paint our house. We have to paint our house. Look at that. No, no, no. Wait a second. <gasps> Is he buying a 50-inch TV? We need to buy a 75-inch TV right now. Like, sweetie, why do you want 70? Because it's got to be bigger than his. And see, this is, what, this is what Envy does. It turns life into this competition but it's a competition with consequences. See, in the last few weeks, we've been in this series called Songs of the Kingdom. 
And see, we've been looking at the heart behind some of the most famous psalms in the Bible, some of our favorite psalms. And today, we're going to be talking about my favorite psalm, which is Psalm 73. So if you have a Bible, I would love for you to uh, just open it up. If you have a Bible app, whatever it is that you have, get to Psalm 73. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And Psalm 73, just to give you some backstory, was not written by David, like most of the psalms. It was actually written by David's worship leader, just like me, worship leader, you know. He was, he was a director of their choir. He was a guy who was serving at the church, a leader in the church. And we're going to read in Psalm 73 how envy almost wipes him out completely. It almost ruins his life. So if you would read with me, Psalm 73, verse 1, here's what it says. It says, truly God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the boastful. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked, for there are no pangs in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. And therefore pride serves as a necklace. Violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge of abundance. They have more than heart could wish. They scoff and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak lawfully. They set their mouths against the heavens. And their tongue walks through the earth. Therefore, his people return here, and waters of a full cup are drained by them. And they say, how does God even know? And is there even knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly, bless you, who are always at ease. They increase in riches. Now, if you just pause there for a second and give me your attention. You see, Asaph is having a bad day. I mean, this guy, he started out good. Like, hey, God is good to Israel. And then what happened? He just, he turned into a completely different person. You know, Asaph is a blessed man. You know, he's a leader at the church. He's, he's, he gets to see God move every single day of his life. But what happened? He took his focus off of God and started looking at everybody around him that was getting away with everything that was wrong in the world. You see, this is what happens when we start envying. See, and the thing is, um, there's three consequences to envy. Okay. We're going to learn what those are from the psalm. And the first one that's in your outline, the first consequence of envy is that it makes others' lives appear better than they are. The Bible will say it this way in Psalm 37, 7. says this, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. See, we just talked about Disney, right? And... Um, I don't know if I, I, I said this the last time I taught, but if you guys weren't here, uh, Evelyn and I, my wife, we're expecting a baby girl this December. Uh, yes. Sarah is going to be the best drummer ever, ever. Or, okay, or ballet dancer, or maybe she can play drums while she ballets, whatever, you know, but she's going to be amazing. I can't wait to meet her. And um, here's the thing, but we talk to, ki- we talk to uh, parents who have kids all the time, and we're trying to get insight, you know, we're trying to prepare as much as you can never prepare enough, but whatever. So I'm like, hey, so... You know, we, we were dreaming about her, like, in a Disney outfit, princess outfit, and we take her to Disney and all that stuff, you know. We can't wait. So I go, hey, how is it taking kids to Disney? And they're like, oh, man, it's beautiful, you know. It's, you, see, you see their eyes lit up when they see the castle, and when they meet Cinderella, they take the picture. It's just, oh, it's beautiful, man. It's just, man. But, you know, sometimes it could be kind of crazy. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well... Here's the thing, you know, you, you spend all this money on, like, uh, on the hotel, 
And you're going to all the parks. You get an annual pass for 15 parks or whatever it is. You know, you're spending all this money. You pay for like the $15 hot dog and a $45 cup of water that's refillable, by the way, or whatever. You know, and it's just like you want to give them gifts. You want to have them to have, enjoy their time. But it's, man, it, it takes a lot. You stand in hot lines and for hours and you're just tired. And they go, oh, and see what happens is you buy them gifts. You buy them an ice cream, a little Mickey ears ice cream, which is amazing. And it's not enough. Sometimes it's just not enough. These kids, man. They have it good, you know? Like, it's just like, you, I bought them all this stuff. And you know what they say? They go, Papi, look at that kid over there. He's got the Mickey Mouse hats. How come I don't have a Mickey Mouse hat? And you're like, well, all right, all right, I'll get you the Mickey Mouse hat. Okay, it was 25 bucks. Here you go. All right, here you go. You know, like, great. You know, all right, we're going to go home now. He's like, no, 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 wait, wait. And their kids see. But that kid has the balloon, that little Mickey Mouse balloon. You know the one that I'm talking about. It's like $40 or whatever. I don't even know how expensive that balloon is. He's like, look how happy that kid is. I'm miserable. I want the balloon. I want the balloon. I want the balloon. You know, it's just like, Calm down. And this is what kids do sometimes. I'm like, wow, great. Sarah's definitely not going to do that. I'm going to put her in a cage or something. No, I'm just kidding. But isn't it crazy how kids, when they don't get what they want, they just start losing their minds. But here's the thing. Where do you think they get that from? They get that from us. Because guess what? We do the exact same thing. Envy causes us to obsess about what other people have. And if we can't have it, we're going to do everything we can possibly do, whether it's complain, cry on the floor, whatever the case may be, until we can finally get it. And you see, envy, it, it's, a, it's a trick. It doesn't show you the full picture. Because what we do is we go and we go, man, I want that Mickey Mouse balloon. Man, I want that, that Mickey Mouse little hat. My neighbor just got that Mercedes. Man, I really want that. But you see, the, the truth is, it's just showing us an advertised life not showing us the behind-the-scenes stuff. See, for many of us, um, or for, for, for me, you, you've heard this before, that I am obsessed with food, okay? It's just, it's just the way it is, okay? I eat like an animal, and I lose all the weight. I don't know what's going on, it's, but this is me, sorry. You know, if you don't believe me, you can ask Evelyn to see our Publix bill. It's ridiculous, okay? But I'm obsessed with food, and when I was a little kid, I was obsessed with one specific type of food, and that was fast food, okay? Anybody like fast food in here? All right, I'll talk to your doctors later, you know. But here's the thing, I was obsessed, right, Mickey, Mickey D's, right, or like Burger King or Checkers, oh, Checkers fries. Whew. Anybody, well, how about this, anybody remember rallies? What's up? We're old, all right. Sorry, it was amazing though, but anyway. But here's the thing, anybody a fan of the Big Mac? Big Mac, Big Macs. What does the Big Mac look like? Let's check it out. Whoa, I wish I could just take a, a bite out of that picture right now, right? Like, it looks so good. And I remember when I was a little kid, man, my mom would take me to the drive-thru. I would look at the number one, which, by the way, was $2.99 back in the day. We're not going to talk about that. And I go, wow, look at that picture. I want the number one. And you got to supersize that, son. What's up? Woo! Yeah, let's do it. And I remember getting the bag. I was so excited to have this monster burger. And I opened the bag, and I see this. What is that? You know? I remember grabbing the bag, going out, out of the car, and I go, something's wrong. Something's wrong. I went up to the, excuse me, sir. I remember I was a little kid. I'm like, there's something wrong with my Big Mac. And they're like, what's wrong, son? Like, Look at it. And he's like, no, that's it, bro. That's, that, that's the Big Mac. And I'm like, how are you guys getting away with this? This is amazing. This is the biggest false advertisement I've ever seen in my life. Right? How about this? Anybody like the Whopper? 
Because they had a Burger King Whopper. Man, the first service was all full of Whopper people. That's so funny. All right, Whoppers. What does a Whopper look like? Whoa. I want that for lunch. You're thinking right now, yo, we got to hit up Burger King after we get out of church. What's up? You're welcome. No. But here's the thing. What does a Whopper really look like? Yes. Disgusting. And we fought for this every single time. Every single time. Guess what? We still eat it. We still buy it. Like, man, I love that fake burger. I love it. Yeah. Unbelievable. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not stopping anybody from eating it. Did you know that there's 1.9 million Whoppers sold every single day? Whoa. Right? How about this? McDonald's sells 2.5 million Big Macs every single day. That's, that's almost 29 Big Macs a second. 29 right there. Bam. Calories just flying out the window, right? They sell millions of burgers, millions and millions. But here's the thing. What's funny is that there's still a billion people in this world that don't have access to clean water. Crazy. That's for another time. That's another message, right? And you see, that's exactly what envy does. See, envy, when we start comparing what other people have, it just shows us the good stuff. The advertised burger, right? The big, beautiful Big Mac, not the stuff that you get in the bag. See, your, your, your neighbor, they just got that beautiful Mercedes. You're like, man, if I just had that car, my swag level would go up, you know? Like, it'd be so cool. I just passed by South Beach. Yeah, what's up, Mercedes? You know, what's up? Right? And it's just we think the car is going to bring everything to us. The, the girls, the this, the that, right? The status. And we're so envious of that. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's a beautiful car. But are we envious of the car payment? No, 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 no. Oh, the Lambo. What's up, Lambo? Wait, that, that costs more than my house, you know? Oh, wait, my, my house. You know, we live, we've been living in this little apartment. And, you know, my life is horrible. I just wish I had a bigger house. Man, the bigger house would just, man, it would make my dreams come true. Yeah. You know what the size of that mortgage is, too, with that giant house? You know, we don't envy that, do we? We want the nice stuff. We want the good stuff, not the bad stuff. And we see it all the time. Celebrities, celebrities, celebrities are so crazy because you know what? They have all this money. They can do whatever they want. They can buy all the millions of Whoppers that they want, right? And we see this advertised life like, man, celebrities are so cool. They have all this stuff. But you want to do yourself a favor, go home tonight and Google celebrity meltdowns of 2012 or celebrity meltdowns of 2013. And let me tell you, it's really, it's really sad. You know, we hear about it all the time. We hear about the drug addictions. We hear about people losing their homes, people losing their minds like Miley Cyrus. This is church. That's all I'm going to say. No more. But all of a sudden, what, what they had, all that money, all those possessions, all that stuff, it just starts fading away because it's just not, it's not real. It's just fake. And see, our lives should not be revolved around the possessions of other people. It's ludicrous. It's crazy. We walk around going, oh, I need those shoes. Oh, I need that purse. Man, I don't look like that. Well, you know, it's just, it's just crazy that we do that to ourselves, walking around every single day. And you see, don't take my word for it. This is not come to church and listen to George Martinez's opinion. No, it's not that. It's actually one of the commandments. I put it in your notes. It's the 10th commandment. It says this, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. You could add there the Mercedes, the big giant TV, whatever it is. 
God is telling us that he wants to protect us because he knows that envy will destroy us. And you see, Asaph doesn't stop there. We're going to continue reading now in verse 13. And we're going to see that it's just going to keep him going straight down. I mean, he's just spiraling out of control at this point. Would you read with me in verse 13? It says this. Surely I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. If you just pause there and give me your attention. The first thing envy does, makes others' lives look better than they are. Second thing is, envy makes my life appear worse than it is. See, next week, I don't know if you know this, but I'll give you the inside scoop, you know. September 10th. This weird phenomenon is going to happen, okay? No one can explain it, okay? But basically, Apple is going to release a new iPhone. Stay with me. Stay with me, okay? Millions of people are going to go into their pocket and go like this. This is horrible. What is this? I've been walking around in public with this. <gasps> oh! I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, but it's amazing, right? Every year, it's the same thing. It's another trick. Oh, it's like, hey, this is a new iPhone. It's going to come out. It's coming in champagne color. So you ladies can match your, you know, coach purses or whatever it is, right? And all of a sudden, our phone is worthless. This thing is horrible. Well, let me ask you a question. Does it, does it turn on? You're like, well, yeah. Can you call somebody? Well, of course. Can you watch YouTube videos all day long? Of course, man. Yeah, that's what I love, you know, before I go to sleep. It's like, you know. Then why do you need the new phone? It was like, because look at this. And look at that. I want that. Oh, yeah, that's the stuff right there, right? It's crazy. And you see, Asaph was doing the exact same thing. He was waking up in the morning and going, Look what I have. Look at my iPhone, if you had one, my tablet, whatever it is he had. And it's just like, man, this is horrible, God. My life is so bad. Every morning I wake up and I'm just miserable because I want the new iPad. I want the new phone. I want new sneakers. I want the LeBron James shoes that cost $300 or whatever. And, man, life is just too hard. He says it. He says it. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna, I, just, I just I can't do it. I can't deal with all of this pain. I feel like giving up. Now, here's the question. Have you ever felt like Asaph? Have you ever felt like giving up? Because I have. And it's not pretty when you're in that moment. Right? You, you just you wake up and you've, you've got that, that, those knots in your stomach. You know, what, you know that feeling I'm talking about. That, that, that restlessness, that anxiety hits. And you feel you're getting pressed into a pancake because you don't understand how your life got so crazy. You know, maybe here, you're here and you're single and you've been super obedient to God. You're like, God, I am going to wait on you because I know what you have for me is far greater than what I can get on my own. And you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're getting frustrated and you're getting impatient with God. And then you start saying, you know what, God, wait a second. Wait a second. It's not even fair. Look at my friends. They're going out to space club and this and that and all the clubs and doing whatever they want. Hooking up with the girl over here. Hooking up with a guy over there. Whatever the case may be. And why am I here alone? 
my life is horrible. We start envying the fact that they can do whatever they want. It looks like they're getting away with everything. They're having the time of their life while I'm here. Maybe you're not single. Maybe it's your job. You've been working, woof, working and working diligently because you know there's a promotion down the line. You're so close. You're so close. It's right there. You could touch it. If I had that promotion, my family will be blessed. I can't wait. I can't wait. Only to find out and only to see that they just hand it over to this guy or this woman that cheated her way to that position. And you're thinking, God, God, what in the world? Like, how much, what, what, why is this happening? This is crazy. I've been working my entire life for this moment, and I just watched it fall into the hands of the wicked. And they're getting away with it. Are you kidding me? And man, if this is you, if you've ever felt that way, if you've ever felt that, that, that struggle inside, guess what? I'm glad you're here. Because I'm going to tell you a story about ice. Ice? Yes, ice. See, I'm sure everybody was wondering, what's he going to do with the bucket? What's that bucket doing there? That bucket's never there. Anyway, so my brother, who's in the audience, but anyway, uh, my brother would make me do the stupidest things. I mean, I would fall for it left or right. He's, he's a little older than I am. And I used to think he was super cool. And I still think he's pretty cool, you know. But, like, when I was a little kid, I was just like, I couldn't wait for him to come home. I wanted to, you know, he was, he was in high school. He was college. I'm like, yeah, right. So one day he came, comes home from school, from college. He was studying to be a physical therapist at the time. And he goes, hey, George. I'm like, oh, man, what's up, man? You want to play? Come on, man. Hey, hey, I'm cool too, you know. And he's just like, oh, yeah, okay. You want to play? Go get a bucket. I'm like, all right, all right. I got it. I got it. Now what? Now what? He's like, okay. Fill up the bucket halfway with ice. I'm like, oh, all right. So I go, go to the refrigerator. I take out the whole ice machine and I drop it in there. And my mom's freaking out. I'm like, oye, toda la agua, oye, el hielo, all the, all the ice, you're ruining it. I'm like, don't worry about it, mom, just chill out, we're playing. And I come back to my brother. I come back to my brother and what does he say? Okay, now I want you to fill up the entire bucket with water. I'm like, all right. So I went to the bathroom, bring it. I'm like, okay, now what's, what do we got to do? All right, I want you to stick your foot into the bucket of ice water and leave it there for five minutes. And I'm like, what? Excuse me? Like, yeah, that's the game. You want to play? I'm like, yeah, I want to play. I wanna... This is weird, man. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll do it. He's like, all right. I'm like, all right. So I, I put my foot in. I'm like, all right. <sighs> all right, now what? He's like, just to see if you can hold on. And I'm like, hold on to what? It's cold, but I mean, it's not a big deal. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh! I'm like, what? what in the... What is that? What happened? He's like, what? I'm like, it started hurting a lot. It felt, it felt like, like little knives. I'm, he's like, dude, you lasted 29 seconds. You, you, five minutes. I'm like, dude, that's crazy. I can't hold on that long. No one can. And of course, the older sibling syndrome comes in. And he goes, you know what I did before I came home? What? I put my foot in a bucket of ice water for five minutes. I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. Oh, no, you didn't. You just, it's over. Round one. Here we go. Ding, ding. Fight. You know, like, I was like, I got to do it. I got to do it. So I put my foot back in the cu- bucket, bucket. I'm like, all right. Okay. I'm going to hold on. Here we go. It's starting to hurt. Okay. Oh, my God. My brother's just looking at me like, he's so stupid. Oh, my goodness. He's falling for this. I can't believe it. And I'm like, oh, oh. And it feels like people are just stabbing me. I'm like, ah. I just take my foot out. I'm like, I can't. I give up. Get out of here. This is crazy. You're out of your mind. I'm not doing this. I'm not falling for this again. And he's like, it's all right. You know, 
one day you'll be as good as me. I'm like, oh, man, you know. And why do I tell you this story? I tell you this story because, see, in physical therapy, let's, let's talk about, let's say, LeBron, LeBron James. He's playing basketball, and he messes up his ankle, right? What they do immediately, when you have an injury in your life, you put ice on it, right? You just put it on because what does that do? If you could just put ice immediately after an injury, the swelling of that injury will go down. Let's take it a step further. If you were able, if LeBron James puts his foot in a bath of ice like that for five minutes, not only will the swelling go down, but he'll be able to walk on it again. Let's take it a step further. If he puts his foot in that bucket of ice 15 minutes, swelling will go down, he'll be able to walk on it, and not only that, he'll be able to play another game of basketball almost immediately, maybe the next day. And it's amazing. You see, just like in that story with me and my foot, I put it in there, and when the pain started coming, I started freaking out. And you see, we do the exact same thing in our lives. When our lives seem like they're falling apart, when all of a sudden it starts getting tough, all of a sudden we start feeling the pain, and the pain's coming, we bail. We're like, no, man, that's it. I can't, this is crazy. I can't do it. I can't do it. This is too painful. My life is horrible. But you see, just like LeBron's ankle, how he, if he was able to hold on to the pain a little bit longer and a little bit longer and a little bit longer, the healing kept on getting greater and greater. And you see, the thing in our life, when the moments are getting tough, when the moments that we can't even understand, it seems impossible. If we were just to hold on just a little longer, have faith that God has a plan, even during this trial. I can't tell you how great the reward is going to be at the end of it and the healing that's going to come from it. You're probably thinking, you know what, that's insane, George, because I've been dealing with this for two years straight, and two years, it feels like an infinity. But if you would just stop and understand that God is sovereign, he's going to bring so much better reward at the end of it. I put it in your notes. It's James 1.12. Read it together. See, it says, blessed is the one who perseveres under the trial or holds on to the pain when it comes, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him and those who don't give up on him when the pain starts hitting. You see, my friends, we cannot, we cannot let the pain, the trials, the things that are keeping you up at night, we cannot let those things define who we are. God did not create you and I to sit on Facebook and go, I'm depressed, dot, dot, dot. Someone comments, hey, are you okay? Dot, dot, dot. I go, no. Someone else comments, what, do you want to talk about it? And I comment back, no. <laughs> then why'd you put it on Facebook? You know what I mean? Like, what's the point? Like, oh, look, look, guilt party, look at me, look at me. No, I don't want to talk about it. Ooh, people are commenting. Oh, I got five likes. Like, it's just, that's a sickness. God created you, created you for so much more than just sitting there and worried about the fact, how am I going to make it from here to there? God, how am I going to survive one more day? And you see, we feel like giving up. And luckily for Asaph in Psalm 73, he didn't give up. He was super close. But instead, something happened in his life at that very moment. And we're going to read what happened. Something changed in his life. And it's in Psalm 73, verse 17. We're going to read the rest of the psalm. 
So remember, verse 16, he says, it was too painful for me. Oh, Lord, my life is horrible. And here's what he says in verse 17. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. Surely you set them in slippery, slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. Oh, how they are brought to desolation as in a moment. They are utterly consumed with terrors as a dream when one awakes. So, Lord, when you awake, you shall despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved. I was vexed in my mind. Oh, God, I was, I was so foolish and ignorant. I was like a beast before you, Lord. I'm so sorry. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel and afterwards receive me to glory. And I love this. Whom have I in heaven but you, Lord? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart will fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For indeed, those who are far from you shall perish. You have destroyed all those who desert you for harlotry, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God, that I may declare all your works. Incredible. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? We, we read the first 16 verses, and this guy was miserable, worried about the wicked, doing all this stuff, envious about what other people had. And now, he's, he's seen the light. You know why? Because something happened. There's something in this scripture that is the turning point. And see, this, this psalm could have ended in, psalm 16, in, in verse 16. But at the end of verse 16, what happens? There's actually a pause written in your Bibles. It's a pause. There's a line. I believe that this pause is what changes Asaph's life. You see, I, I know that we've been talking about the different consequences of envy. We talk about the other people's lives, our lives. And there's a third consequence to envy that God showed him. We're worried about the wicked. We're worried about the people doing bad. Well, hey, it's okay because the third thing in your outline, envy will lead you to darkness. Envy is going to lead to darkness. Here's what Proverbs says about the wicked and what is in store for their end. Proverbs 24, 19 says this. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious, envy, envious of the wicked. For they will be, there will be no prospect for that evil man. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. There is no future for an envious person. God is not going to tolerate it. Envy is a sin that... that it doesn't even look like sin. It's just, it just creeps in like a cancer and just starts destroying bit by bit. And God is telling us right there that, you know what? The wicked, at the end of, at the end of their life, at the end of their story, the only thing they're going to have to show for it is darkness. They're going to be separated from God. They're going to be in darkness. Question. Anybody afraid of the dark? All right. I like how, like, they waited until one person raised their hand. And then, oh, yeah, 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 I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Right. I was afraid of the dark for a little bit, you know. Uh, I used to think, I used to see different things and all this stuff. And I was freaking out when I was a little kid. But it's funny. Have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and you got to go to the bathroom in the dark? So you wake up and you're like, all right. And you're just like, you know, zombified. And you're like, all right, I got to get to the bathroom somehow. And like, where are you going? At least for me, I don't know about you, but every time I do that, I always stub my toe against my bed. And here's the problem. Evelyn's sleeping, so I can't scream. So, I, you know, I walk in, I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, 
I didn't see it coming. It happens every time I've been, you know, I've been in that, like, in that, in that room, and I've been living in that house for three years. You would think I know where the bed is, but every time, you know. I remember a story, another story about my brother that um, included, it was, it was a part of the darkness. He was, in, he was in the dark, same thing. He woke up to go to the bathroom, and, well, let's just say he stepped on something barefoot, and it sounded like, and he's like no anything but that oh no no god please if there's a heaven please what did he step on a cockroach smeared all up on his on his arch and threw in between his toes cockroach juice everywhere i mean it was I was sleeping, and all of a sudden I hear, ah! I'm like, whoa, I woke up, and I look, and I go, <laughs> you take that bucket of ice, all right, buddy, you know? And here's the thing. Man, that traumatized him, and he's just like, this is so disgusting. I don't, I, I don't even want to walk barefoot ever again. And I think he always walked around with sandals after that. I'm not sure. But, you know, the darkness has a way of, of, of just creating this danger that we can't see. Darkness Leads us to a lot of times feeling alone, depressed. I mean, it's just a really, really tricky thing. And uh, the thing we have to be careful with is that the devil wants us to live in that darkness. You see, he wants us. He doesn't want us to. He, he doesn't want us to know that we have a choice when we're in when we're surrounded by darkness. Just like Asaph, he was there going, "Oh, the wicked! Everybody's doing bad. Why am I even a Christian? Why am I even doing good when everybody's doing bad and getting away with it?" That's exactly where the devil wants you because he's got you. He's like, ooh, great. They're falling for it. Yes. They're never going to look to God because they're so worried about what's going on in their life. And you see, we have a choice. When you start seeing the dark side of things, which leads to envy and death and all that, we have a choice. You can either pick that or you can look on the bright side. And what's the bright side? The bright side is Jesus. The bright side is Jesus. You see, we're so worried about what they have. What they, we're so envious about this and all this stuff. And we're spending so much time with them. God's looking at you going, hey, I'm right here. If you would only spend time with me, I can't even imagine what I would bless you with. And he wants to bless you. He wants good things for us. He wants us to prosper in life. But not because of what they have, just because of what God is. And God is amazing. God loves you. He has such an amazing plan for you. And here's the thing. We need to stop when the chaos is coming. And we're thinking in our head, and you know what I'm talking about. You create these, like, crazy movie scenes in your head. Like, oh, I got to talk to that lady today at work. Man, if, if only there could be, like, a hailstorm and the, and the building falls apart. And then I ride away in a horse and this and that. You're like, whoa, 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 what in the world? How do we even get? Just stop for a second. And in those moments, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. See, I put it in your notes. It's Hebrews 12. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us get rid of that envy. Let's get rid of all that. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. Don't miss that. Consider him 
so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Consider him. I just lost my job. This guy just cheated on me. This girl just ran away with everything. What am I supposed to do? God, what, why, 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 why is this happening to me? Man, we focus a lot on the negative stuff, don't we? It's funny, you know, we can remember, at least I can, I can remember every single thing negative that someone has said to me in my life. But sometimes it's so hard to remember the good things. Man, I remember people in in school, oh, what's up, man? You're so skinny. Oh, skeleton face, blah, blah, blah. I remember all that stuff that I thought didn't didn't hurt me. I'm like, ah, whatever, you know? But man, like when was the last time I remembered when my wife said, oh, I believe in you, honey. You could do this. When was the last time I looked at God's word and God told me, hey, you are wonderfully created. You're so unique in the way you are, and you're going to do amazing things because of me. It's so hard for us to focus on the positive, on the bright side of things. Why? Why? Because it's in our nature. We're, we're sinners. I'm a sinner. Everybody's a sinner. It's just the way it is. We hold on to the negative stuff, the stuff that hurts, and we replay it in our minds over and over. I can't believe he did this. I can't believe she called me this. I can't believe I lost this. I can't believe that. Instead of stopping like Asaph and going, I just need Jesus. I need God. And what happened? He stopped. He paused and he walked into the sanctuary of the Lord. And that's where God goes, hey, I'm so glad you're here because you almost lost it. But man, do I have a plan for you. And you see, many of us, we walked into the sanctuary of the Lord today. And I want you to think about it right now in your seats. Think about what happened right before you got here. Think about what happened this week. What's been going on for the past month. That phone call that you got. That email that you got. What is it that's falling apart outside of the sanctuary of God? What is it? Is it unfaithfulness? Is it, is it envy? Is it, what is it? I want you to grab that thought, that person, that thing, that situation, and I want you today to make a decision. We all have a decision to make. I'd like to ask the band to come out for a second. And you see, we all have a decision to make. It's very simple. You see, God in Psalm 73 said, you know what? The wicked, the envious, the people that that seem to have it all put together, I'm going to forget about those people like a bad dream. I'm just going to forget about them. Like if they didn't exist. Do you want to live your life just struggling, worried about the wicked, doing this, feeling miserable, all this stuff, and then at the end of your entire life, all of this that you lived, when it's the end of your story, do you want God to forget about you like a bad dream? Because I, I, I definitely don't. You know, I've done some stupid things in my life. I've made some really big mistakes. I've hurt a lot of people. But Jesus looks at me and goes, it's okay. I'm bigger. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to show you that the way of the envious leads to death. But if you would just choose the light, instead of being hanging out with the dark, if you you would just choose Jesus. Jesus had every right to be envious. He's standing there, all the people looking at him. 
standing next to a murderer, Barabbas. And the people say, give us Barabbas, give us Barabbas, we want Barabbas. God, Father, why do they hate me so much? What did I do? I only loved you. No, no, but then he hears, what do we do with Jesus? Crucify him, kill him. If anybody should have been envious, it was Jesus watching Barabbas, the murderer, walk away. Instead of that envy that we always feel. You know what happened? He looked at Barabbas and said, you know what? I love you. I love you so much that I'm going to take this. And he loved every single person in this room, including me. All my mistakes, all our mistakes, everything that we've ever done to hurt somebody, whatever the case may be. Guess what? It's okay. But here's the thing. It's not okay that we continue to envy. It's not okay that we keep looking at our lives and comparing it to others instead of comparing it to God. God wants to bless us so much. He's got this giant tube of blessings coming down from heaven. And we're like, no, no, we're, we're clogging it up. We're just like, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. My life is horrible. Ah, oh, look at the wicked. Everybody's getting away with it. Ah, oh, I can't take this anymore. And God's going, would you just stop, pause, and come in to the sanctuary of the Lord? There's some of you here that you've been feeling like Asaph. You've been, man, oh, You've been complaining. You've been looking at the wicked. You've been envious. Your envy, envy is breaking you into pieces. And right now, today, you need to tell God, God, I, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, God. God, you are more than enough. Christ is enough for me. Not the new car, not the new iPhone. That stuff, you can't take any of that stuff to heaven. Guess what you can take to heaven? Jesus. So we have a decision to make. What is the end of your story going to be like? Is it going to be that God forgets you? Or is it going to be that God will raise you up and make everyone here kings and queens? Because I can guarantee you one thing. All those wicked people that were getting away with everything, that had the life and all that stuff, when Jesus comes back, they got to answer to him. And guess what's going to happen? They're going to look at us and go, man, I should have done good instead of doing the bad. They're going to be envious of us. Because Jesus is going to raise us up. So, I'd like everybody to stand up for one second. And in a moment, we're going to worship. Maybe you're here today and you've lost everything. Maybe you're here today and you don't know, you don't know where else to go. And that's why you're here. I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to wake up this morning. Maybe you're a Christian. And you go, you know what? I don't even feel like praying this morning, God. I'm just going to stay in bed. It's raining. I, you know what? I'm just going to relax and just take it easy because, you know, I don't feel like doing anything. But somehow you made it here. And there's a reason for that. Because when we all walk into the sanctuary of the Lord, God reveals the bigger picture. So you need to make a choice. Are you going to choose the darkness or are you going to choose Jesus? Maybe you're here and you don't even know. Who's Jesus? Who's this guy? Who's this God that loves me so much? Guess what? The God of the Bible loves you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you, to forgive you, to show you mercy. I don't care what you've done in this room. He loves you. So as the band plays, if you need prayer, if you need to recommit, if you need to say, God, I am so sorry, God. Take me, God. Forgive me, Lord. And I want to invite you to come forward. I want to invite anybody who's ever felt that way, that needs Jesus, who needs to focus all that envy, all that stuff, and get rid of it today, then you come forward and you meet me right here.
You meet me right here, and I want to pray for you. There's hope. There is hope. So as the band plays, I'd like to invite you guys to come forward. Anybody who wants to receive Jesus Christ. Let's do it. Let's sing it out. Come on.